Ladies and gents, this is the Pop Culture Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. I hope your week is treating you well. Hey, we're backing last week's interview up with another one. Today I'm joined by a good friend of mine. I've known him for a little bit over 10 years now. We used to work together at City Life Church as youth pastors and uh, run some school programs together. Man, we caused some trouble is what I'm going to say together. Back in those days, Brendo often talked about how much he would like to, well, first of all, how much he appreciated whiskey and a good drink of alcohol, which was always an interesting conversation to have in the church staff offices because it's not one you hear <laughs> that loudly and proudly in that situation. But one thing I knew about Brendo was if he got to choose the life that he wanted to live, if he wanted to do whatever he could for work, it'd be open a whiskey bar. So I was inspired to see him take the step recently. And the reason I wanted to get him on here again is because I think so many people that I speak to have these dreams that they would like to go out and have a crack at. It's a little bit scary saying goodbye to a solid paycheck and a regular income. And I wanted to find out how Brendo developed the courage to do it. It's a good conversation. More than that, we talk about distraction and how we try and navigate the world of iPhones and internet and everything else that can steal our attention away from the things that we really care about. Talk about virtue signaling and why people do it and what they're trying to achieve from it. Specifically here in Australia, in the AFL, it's gone to a whole new level. So that was an interesting conversation. I'm not gonna give too much more away. We go down a few rabbit holes and it was fun. So I'll just let you discover it with us. This is myself and my good friend, Brendan Kavanagh. Enjoy. So what are you gonna tell us, tough guys? My usual, zero, nothing. Dude, we're on. It is. Uh, it has been far, far too long in between drinks, which I feel like is a common theme to kickstart our conversations. I reckon maybe for the last three months, I've been saying, "Hey, let's do a Zoom call." Well, I was thinking about man, and I think we actually had a bit of a miscommunication. I said that we're both going to move out of the city towards the mountains, and I think you heard me say the ocean. <laughs> so I moved out an hour out of the city towards the mountains, and you moved out the other direction. <laughs> This is why we shouldn't make plans and I should just give it to Jesse and you should just give it to Kate. And then we both would have been happily at a mountain because I love kangaroos and everything that surrounds your property. Um, but the fact is, I also love where I am. But unfortunately, where you are and where I am, you need a small plane to get there. Maybe there's a business in that. We could do chartered flights between Hillsville. And All right, you, you Port, start it. Was it Port Lonsdale, isn't it? Point Lonsdale, Point Lonsdale. I can't remember, and that's just I a, remember that. That's, that was... that, a good fact but the fact that you finished it with isn't it made me made me think it's probably been too long since you've been here um it has been a while man but we were just saying before i hit record that there's there's probably a very valid reason and, and you were saying it's 8 a.m now and you just told me that you got to bed at 2 a.m last night i thought i was a hero because i went to bed at midnight and i thought mate brendo is going to feel so valued based on the fact i'm going to make this podcast happen it turns out i'm the lucky one what uh fill us in on the story there obviously i know you've kickstarted your own business and it's been heaps of fun and you just recommend it to everyone. I think I think the opposite is true. Never start your own business. Keep the desk job. Keep the RSI and the risk from sitting in front of a computer and the bad eyesight. I think that's a better price of entry into life than um, starting your own business, dealing with council, dealing with liquor license commission, dealing with another bar owner down the road, sending a building inspector after you when you haven't even opened your business yet. Um, it's good. It's good. Start your own business. It's, it, it, I can guarantee it's going to be a lot of not fun. What happened? What's the story there? So doing the build, right? So for those listening, I've opened my own bar, Kavanaugh's Whiskey and Ale House, and we had our first day yesterday. Um, and we're at probably 70% to 100% capacity from the moment the doors opened at one until they closed at <clears throat> technically 11 o'clock. 
Uh, there may have been a few hanger-ons that we had to kick out at the end of the night. Um, so that was really fun. Um, that was a combination of about three months of, <laughs> I don't want to say blood, sweat and tears, but there was a combination of that. I think by the time we got there, I just wanted to sit in the corner and cry. <laughs> um, and going, why did I do this? Why did we do this? And the fun fact is the same day that we got the keys to the, the site that we're leasing, we also found out we we're pregnant. So we're like, ah, sweet, why not? I've quit my job. Kate's still working full time. Um, and now we've got two babies on the way. This is good. This bloody well better work. So Wait, what's, what's two? Oh, two babies. Sorry. I thought yeah. I missed that you guys are having twins. I see what you mean. Yeah. Sorry. A little bit cryptic there. I need a bit more coffee. <laughs> so, I mean, where do you want me to start with a story? So I'm doing the build right. And that's a whole nother saga in and of itself. The liquor licensing, that's another saga. Um, but everyone's warned me about this bloke down the road that runs a venue. I won't name it, but I'm going to tell everybody about it. It's known as the venue in Hillsville. It's a late night venue. It's open till 3 a.m. Yeah, three, yeah, Hillsville has a bar that's open till 3. It has a stripper pole in it. And it's known as a place that you go if you're underage or you're overage. I went in there as a little bit of just a recon, suss out the competition. Um, as I'm walking in, there's a couple of, I kid you not, 80-year-old women. This is at midnight in Hillsville on a Friday night. There's a couple of 80-year-old women, full purple rinse and everything, perfume that like made me choke, walking upstairs. I'm like, um, I, is this the right place? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is the spot. I'm like, do you know not? Okay. The joke about it being where you go to like overage people, pick up underage people. I'm, I'm getting that. <laughs> Turns out they just had a Beatles cover band in and I get downstairs and I see the stripper pole, the carpet, the sticky floors. And there's this full eche. I believe that's the word that you meant to use kid say shave sides, mullet. He would have been lucky to be 16. I kid you not. And he's standing there at the bar ordering his UDL or vodka cruise or whatever. <laughs> and next to him is standing someone that's old enough to be his great grandmother. Yeah. So the bloke that runs this joint, it's known to have kids doing cocaine off the table in open public, not even in the bathrooms. So he takes it on upon himself to dob in everybody else. There's another local business that during COVID was trying to update their red line plan so they can have beers in the garden. They had to put the planning thing on the window. He complained. He said, no, 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 no. Extra people in a beer garden and a burger joint is going to ruin the community of Hillsville. These guys are just trying to hang on during COVID and he's trying to throw them under the bus. So everyone warned me about him. So I'm in there doing a bit of build, doing the full sort of just gut the venue to begin with. Big burly bloke walks in. Hey, mate, I'm so-and-so from the council. Um, someone said that you're doing uh, building works uh, without a permit. I'm like, Oh, are you kidding me? I'm not even open yet. And he's like, yeah, apparently you're doing structural work, pulling stuff out. Someone's dobbed you in. No guesses who. I'm like, oh, this wouldn't, this wouldn't be a old mate from down the road from <clears throat> place. And he's like, oh, I didn't say that. You guessed it in one shot. I didn't say anything. But uh, mate, yeah, so he had a look and my heart is now just going a million miles now. Because if he slaps down and says that, nah, you actually do need a building permit. I have to shut down the whole site and I can't do anything and I've got to go through council. That's going to be a three, six-month process. I'm cooked. I've already quit my job at this point. I've got a kid on the way. And old mate from down the road's tried throwing me under the bus already and I haven't even opened my doors. Good news is he looks around. He's like, is that wall new? I'm like, nah, I've just ripped the plaster off. He's like, oh, so you're not doing any building work. I'm like, oh, sorry, structural work. I'm like, no, I'm just painting the walls, putting floors down. Nothing structural. He's like, oh. stuffed us around again, this guy. And then goes on to, yeah. So he walks out. I'm all in the clear. 
that's that's what happens when you're running your own small business in a town. Dude, because he's worried the that pit- whiskey, and, whiskey and ale house is going to um, eat into his market. I'm like, mate, keep the 16 and 80 year old. I don't want them. Fair, but I've never seen a 16 year old or an, uh, an 80 year old at an ale house. Sounds like he's got an interesting reputation. It also sounds good that you got one of the. Uh, I don't know what's he called a building inspector. I didn't know those yeah. guys came reasonable. I thought they just came in to to shut down venues, and that was just the, it was like a parking inspector. You can't talk your way out of a fine. And that's why I shit myself when he walked in. <laughs> so what would that have meant? So at this stage, you had what a couple of months until you were planned to open, and it, it would have stretched so it out to potentially yeah. six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude! And how long did this conversation take? Was this a couple of day period, or was this like literally he came in and he's like, "Oh, you're fine." Half now. Half Thank now. God. The whole time, like, so we're good. He's like, oh, mate, you're fine. You're fine. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Man, talk about stress of like, that's the only thing I reckon is, uh, I'm not saying that wouldn't happen in a big city, but it is interesting uh, living in a town like, or even Point Lonsdale, it's a smaller kind of a town. You start to get that vibe after a little while where you start to recognize people, and it doesn't take long for certain reputations to start creeping into the public domain. It sounds like this guy uh, over a over a course of a couple of years has has, uh, has maybe created himself a little bit of a title. Interesting that despite the fact he's got 16-year-old, 80-year-olds and public cocaine use on the bench, he's got the courage to go after local business because it sounds as though it wouldn't be too hard for the tides to turn. Exactly right. I was like, mate, I'm ready to go full Frankston you know, or just go full undercover and just go down there, grow my mullet back and go in with a little camera and just uh, record some of the usage and go, oi, mate. Leave me alone. What happens in a situation like that? Do you address it with him or you just let it fly and try to have nothing to do with him? I feel like me and my big mouth, I wouldn't be able to help myself. I would have to go down and at least go, mate, had had an interesting conversation with a building inspector. He didn't mention it was you, but I got the vibe it was. Nah, I think I'm going to leave it for now. Um, but if I do see him, I, I think it would be very hard to, to not bring it up. Because he's reported people to council for putting a ladder out the front to change a light bulb on their sign. Yeah. Yeah, we're dealing with it. We're dealing with it. I don't think you can reason with people like that. Kind of just try and keep away and stay off their radar. It's so funny it's for just... someone who for someone who calls himself fairly agreeable. I, I feel like in those moments I can't help myself. I remember once <clears throat> I used to work at a bottle shop back in in uni, and I wasn't oh, the best employee. Some, some oh, we had coming through there. Oh, bro, my favorite one was the lady who met her husband. She now had two kids because because uh, he held up his phone number through his car window and she wrote it down. That was how they initiated the conversation. And uh, yeah, six months later, they, they had their first kid on their way. And another year later, <laughs> she used to come in for a wild turkey. She was on the strong stuff. She was built different. But, um, and their kids I remember... are now the ones doing the coke off the tables in, in Hillsville. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And her mother's the one with the blue hair at the Beatles cover. Yeah, dude. It all makes um, sense. Yeah, it's so funny. But I remember that particular, it was funny because I was working at, I was working at City Life Church where we met at the time and I was on the city life website after we had been told not to use the internet during work hours. Anyway, the boss came in, saw me on there. And from then on, they just had an issue with me, obviously, because they'd been pretty clear about the fact, don't use the internet. But I was like, mate, there's nothing else to do. It's so boring. It's just sit here and meditate for seven hours otherwise. And that wasn't an option. Anyway, a year and a half later, I applied for a job at a bottle shop in Melbourne when I first moved down here, Oh, first moved down there. And I uh, put my resume in. I asked them to be a reference. They said, yes. I didn't get the job at this bottle shop. And the guy called me back. He goes, mate, you didn't get it. I said, oh, can I ask why? He goes, yeah, you had a bad reference. And I said, a bad reference? What happened there? They go, yeah, look, mate, I shouldn't usually tell you, but um, but uh, but Carol from the, the bottle shop gave you a bad reference. So I called Carol. 
Okay, hey, just to clarify, you didn't give me a bad reference, did you? She goes, that's very unprofessional by that man to tell you that I did. No, I didn't for what it's worth. Oh, <laughs> come like, oh, on. Oh, come on, Carol. Carol. I've caught you flustered. And, um, oh, dude, Isn't that stuff how drives me crazy. When you actually confront them on their, like, I feel like, again, I know it's an overused term, the keyboard warrior stuff is we just shoot stuff out into the ether and go, don't have to deal with the consequences. The people actually get the consequences in their face, like, oh, shit, I maybe shouldn't have said that. It's like, yeah, you're not going to say it to my face. Shut the hell up. Seriously, man. I like people so much more in real life, I've realized. Because during COVID, I was a loud mouth, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't like me as a result. (laughs) Yeah. And then I uh, I was looking at this chick's Facebook status, and it was back in the day, middle of COVID, where she's like, all right, I'm happy for you not to get vaccinated as long as you're happy if you get sick, not to get treatment from the hospital. And I was like, this chick's a bitch. Like, who? Anyway, I met her at comedy a couple of months later. So, so lovely. So, so lovely. I, I really like her. And I looked at her, and in my head, I, in my head, I'd convinced myself I hated her guts based on that. I've realized that uh, face-to-face is so much better because all the people I think are, it's very rare for people I hate online to correlate into hating them in real life. Because I can be a pussy. I'm, I'm all brave on Instagram. And then someone just me. I go, yeah, but what I was trying to say, what I meant was. Yeah, how do you handle that? Because I saw like a little blow up on one of your posts recently where I think people just missed the joke completely. We'll call you oh. an irresponsible father and all this. And I'm like, and I actually had locked and loaded a response. And I'm sorry I didn't go in to defend your honor, man. Um, I totally just went, I can't, like, these people are unreasonable. There's no, like, if they can't get that this is a joke, my little comment back going, oh, dickheads, leave them alone. And Dude. Yeah, you, you think that, like, seriously, seriously, come on. It was it was mind-blowing, I thought. I couldn't believe, because I said to Jesse, I go, babe, look, I understand that this makes me look like a horrific father. I understand it makes me look ridiculous. She goes, yeah, but you're also just having fun. You're it's mucking around. It's a joke. It's funny. If like, people don't know this has got sugar sprinkled on it, like they need to develop some social cues. So I'm like you, man. I, I read those comments and there's a small part of me. I, at the start, I said to Jess, I was like, babe, these people are firing up. Look at this. And then after <laughs> about 25 comments, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is why people do the old famous post and ghost because you can read too oh. much into it and you're dealing with a Muppet. An absolute Muppet. Oh, I wanted to go to them. Like, have you heard some of his other jokes? Have you heard the one about grapes? Like... <laughs> <laughs> do some research uh, get an idea of where the bloke's coming from <laughs> dude but i, I think it makes me wonder i'm like is it, is it like at what point did the queen go you know what i'm out i'm out grim reaper you can have your appointment now i put you off yeah, all right i'm out i'm done like what of like the last six months do you think it was when the queen went yeah i'm, I'm done i'm done yeah. i could hang on for another 50 years if i wanted but uh, it's just too much. Do you think it was like it's like that type of stuff, or is it? It's a bloody good question, man. That's the first time. Males, I... Is that what it was that like oh, made her go? Dude. Did she read that and just go? <sighs> and then the next article was uh, vegans are saying that men should stop having sex uh, if they eat meat. Like, um, okay. Oh man, I can't. she she would have seen. I can't. In her look. lifetime, I, seriously, I'm surprised she held on this long. Imagine how much easier it would have been just for to receive legitimate hate mail where it had a stamp, came into the Buckingham Palace. Nope. Her servant brought it to her. Nope. She opened it and she goes, you're a dickhead. It's like, well, you're a dickhead because I don't know how much of the day that took up. But the fact you had to buy a stamp for that with my face on it to send it to me. It's a lot of effort. A, it's a lot of effort. And I'm not a dickhead. Like, there's a lot of people that think I'm lovely. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's a it's a wild world, man. I I actually found that really interesting. So for for those guys, for everyone listening, it was just a like a little joke that I put on about uh, uh, my son getting a psychedelic mushroom, and it was so it was it was very. I thought it was very clear that it was a joke, um, and just the amount of hate that I got from uh, from this little video, sixty second clip. Was was staggering. Um, also, really helped the podcast numbers. Just as a side point, because I looked at the numbers of uh, the people watching this video and the correlation. I was like, maybe I should do some more videos like this because this is, this, and it's one of those classic ones where anyone who who actually listened to the podcast is like, ah, oh, I see what he's done. He's just taken the piss. He's because he's given the premise of, hey, here's a little story that I'm working with. Um, but I love when you take context away and you post it to people who don't know you. Um, and don't really care about understanding the fact of uh, understanding the idea of, of humor. That just makes it so fun to me. And also what, what I've actually learned to or come to realize through that particular post is it's so much, it's actually so much fun. Like I've got to be careful not to become addicted to the comments because half the time I team up with those people. I'm like, you know, I kind of agree. <laughs> I think what you said is I am irresponsible. <laughs> you should take my child off. He's all yours. <laughs> Even my closest friends tell me that. I feel like maybe you understand me better than you realise. This has been a theme in my life for a long time. I've been uh, trying to be irresponsible so somebody would come in and take him away. Oh, dude. But what, what also helps is Jessie's a gun with that kind of stuff. She's like, you know what? Get stuffed. Who cares? I go, babe, should I take it down? She's like, no. Get stuffed. That's so mate. good. So I feel like having someone, uh, if I had a wife who was a little bit like, oh, baby, you've offended a couple of people. Maybe take it down. I'd be like, oh, actually, you're really right. Yeah, I should, I should be more careful. Um, but Jessie's like, nah, stuff. I couldn't care. I couldn't care. Jessie was the chick. She was, she was funny. Like even in the middle of lockdown uh, when I was just keeping it on the very low key that I hadn't been vaccinated because it was so scary, Jessie was like, yeah, no. Nah, How's not, that changed now? Um, dude, what a story that is. I can't even be bothered talking about it because it's just so, oh. it's so preposterous how much the story's changed. Yeah, anyway, I'm still boasting, boasting yeah. about, yeah, I know we can't help ourselves. <laughs> it's a bad on how many vaccines I've had. I, like, who, like, it, I think they're the same type of people that post online that want to virtue signal through their, um, through their vaccination status. People, couples, clear couples wearing masks in the car while they're driving around still, wearing masks outside on Main Street all the time, young, healthy people outdoors masking up i'm like is it just to show everybody that you're doing the right thing but you also just jaywalked so oh yeah like, you know Dude, virtue virtue signaling, it's so hot right now virtue signaling so hot right now i'll talk about that in a minute but before i do you've just opened a, a little can of worms i spoke to a friend yesterday keen golfer and he went out for a round of 18 holes and uh, he got teamed up with a doctor so it was him and a doctor and uh, isn't that crazy so your reaction right now is got a story for you about that as well by the way like isn't it crazy that you say the word doctor at the moment and at least my group of friends is like, oh, these guys probably aren't the most responsible people to talk to about this issue. I, Stories so I've I, heard. Dude, so this guy, this guy was saying, uh, uh, went out for 18 holes. He goes, hey, hey, doc, just a question for you. What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on the vaccines and everything? He's like, yeah, obviously, you know, you've got to do your part and, you know, get the vaccine. And he goes, uh, how, how many? How many? And he's like, oh, well, you just got to, you've got to keep yourself topped up. Bro, this is, I'm not, I've crossed my heart. I'm not inflating this story one little bit. My mate asked the doctor how many vaccines he's had now, how many shots. Bro, he's recently had his sixth. He's up to six now. He's gone for a record. And I, 
I'm pretty sure that's above and beyond even the health recommendations of our, our wise and wonderful leader. That's a lot. I got nothing. Does he turn into like a bat at that point? Like if he's had that many, like what's the... <laughs> this is the what? thing. And the, like, I like the fact that you can speak about it a little bit more openly now because hey, this, is, this has always been my stance. I, I don't have a problem being vaccinated against something that I know works for a fact. I just don't like being mandated to have something with the threat of a job taken away when we all know that, okay, though, though you say it's completely safe, and for majority of people, thank God, thank God it is, and it has been, and there's, it is. But for the couple of people who got a negative response to it, like, that's who I get angry for. It's like, I'm, I'm so relieved that, that... A man of mine got myocarditis. Yes. And he's my age, 34. Healthy. This is, this is the thing. And, and his heart went, whoop, as he's trying to put the kid into the car. And then when he talked to the doctor about it, and because his, his, his partner's very on the, you know, similar train to you, he had to get it for his job. He's the main breadwinner. So he's like, I don't really have a choice. I have to. Mm -hmm. She didn't. And he did. And then this was the result. Um, and to the point where down the track, they said, oh, it looks like you do have a heart condition you shouldn't get the next vaccine. And he's like, I didn't have this heart condition until I had the other one. So in talking with their doctor, they're like, so like, do you guys record this and process it? And the doctor went, no. And they're like, why not? And he's like, well, it kind of just gave a non-answer. Another friend, same situation. And the doctor was blunt enough to go, no, nah, we, we can't. It puts us on a radar. We get scrutinized. It's, it, it's not worth our hassle. These are like, this isn't a friend of a friend of a friend. These are people I know, I've known for most of my life and I'm hearing these stories and I'm just like, what? I'm not even putting a tinfoil hat on. Like, oh. it's just like, this is, it's wild. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's so funny. I was laughing last night. It's funny how, uh, how your reputation spreads. And I haven't helped myself because I've just been such a loud mouth through the whole thing because I've just been like, gosh. Loved just, it. Great. <laughs> it surprised me. I've got to calm down. But I was at a, I was at a comedy gig last night and there's a guy there, Rafi's name, a great guy, um, works for the government. Uh, but he's just, uh, I, I get the vibe. I don't know this for a fact. I get the vibe he's on a different page to me completely, which is, which is fine. But yesterday he was telling us that parliament was closed down because of a, uh, no, no, he was just telling me that parliament got, got locked down yesterday. And I was like, dude, what happened? And I'd never spoken to this guy about any form of politics before. And he goes, dude, apparently one of the members of parliament was scrolling through your Instagram feed and just felt unsafe, so they had to lock it down. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well played, well played. But uh, it was a bomb threat, Good. really. But uh, I had to laugh because I, I just thought, isn't that funny that um, like the amount of people in the comedy scene now that I'm just, I'm apparently a hippie anti-vaxxer. Just, it, it's amazing how many people see what you post on a, uh, on your story, which is a weird thing to have, it's a weird thing to say to a bloke with his kid three quarters vaccinated. I say three quarters because I hit pause for a while because the doctors who were recommending all the other stuff were also recommending these ones. So I thought, let me just do a little bit more research because I've just been trusting you the whole way through. It's so muddy and it just makes so, it's so hard to sort through what's woke, what's genuine, what's virtue signaling, what's people just saying stuff to cover their ass, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 it's 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 tricky whether it be yeah going through instagram like how is it on the comedy scene and like is it sort of like you know your people that are not this is what does my head in it's like the same people that are like pro-abortion my body my choice are like you have to get the vaccine you have no choice like well what 
wait, doesn't that principle apply to this as well? My body, my choice, if I want to get it, like, yeah, how do you have it both ways? I'm so confused. I, I, I get so really confused. confused. I get really confused by that one as well. The abortion thing's a confusing one to me because it's, I had a mate say, say to me the other day, because he's, he's sort of on, on my side of the fence when it comes to the vaccine stuff. And he said to me, he's like, well, you're obviously, you're obviously pro-abortion then. And I was like, well, I just, I feel like those two, first of all, I'm the wrong person to speak to about it. Second of all, the term abortion is a very broad, a broad stroke brush. Like there's a, there's a lot of different factors that go into that one. But thirdly, I feel like it's a hard thing to, to compare because, and I guess this is where it, where it comes down to a debate, because if you, if you genuinely believe that that's a, just like a little additional feature in your body for that time and it's not a life, then go for it. Like I, I don't care if you want to get your bicep taken out either. But I guess it comes down to that conversation of like, all right, what are we dealing with here? So I, I feel like on the on the conversation of abortion, I'm a little bit more like, I feel like that's a hard one to compare to this because one's a different life and one is, you're right, I don't know. It's just a weird, because that, that correlation's come up a lot lately and I'm like, oh, far out, now I have to think about this. Like there's so many smarter people than me that you want to talk to about these issues. Why are you asking me my opinion? Especially when it comes to like, yeah, my, my wife's pregnant and I'm like, man, we are useless as men. What could, what do we do to help? We start the process and now it's like, and we found out, you know, we're, we're having a girl and we're like, and I'm like, cool. So that means that you raise her, right? Like, <laughs> I didn't have a sister. Like, I've got no idea. So I'm even like, I feel like now as a male, I'm even more useless. Like, so I'm, I just like start doing stuff when there's boys hanging around. Like, is that my role? Like, what do we do? Oh, dude, Joking that people, would, by the way. I know, no, I know that would be such a weird that would be such a weird like head spin. I felt the same even with I was about to say with, you got any tips for a guy that's meant you know about to be a dad. Well dude young honest, kid, it's like I can't breastfeed him, I can't oh, carry it. I, like I can't like what? I, I've actually bro, I've actually got a, an awesome book for you. It's um it's it's actually written it's actually, I've got it up there, it's it's a little bit out of arm reach, otherwise I'll show you. It's called The Intentional Father. It's written by a guy. He's actually he's a pastor in in New York. I don't know if you know John Tyson. Oh, know the name. Yeah, yeah, John Tyson. So he wrote this book, and it's I think it's more specifically related to to raising boys. But he goes on in it about how he's he's working on a book with his wife about raising girls as well. And for me, it's been one of the um, it's been one of the most helpful tools. So the the whole book is about essentially preparing your kid for for becoming a man in this instance, or in my instance. It's talking about how cultures throughout or throughout time have had an initiation process which signals, okay, you're going from being a child to a man. And there's a clear crossover point that involves rituals, involves routines, and involves like a form of training which has just been lost in, in our culture. And, uh, and obviously it's not just within the Christian scene that this has been a thing in the past, oh. but, you know, just any spirituality, any form of uh, any culture, I guess, has had its own form of it. And for me, uh, just reading through that and reading through his mistakes has been really helpful. But, dude, I had the best conversation with a bloke on the podcast yesterday. Um, Mark Dobson, he's like a uh, – what do you call it? Like a mindset coach, essentially. He spoke to us in year 12, and I, I loved him. And since then, I've sort of followed his stuff. And he's he's 49, but he's got two kids, three and 18 months. And he goes, um, he goes, dude, I feel horrible because it's it's the best thing that's ever happened to me and I'm also really unhappy. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, why? He's like, because my whole life's been about me. And all of a sudden, it's like, I just want five minutes to myself. He goes, people people often come up to me and say, um, oh, Dobbo, I bet you just miss going out for lunch by yourself. And he goes, going out for lunch? 
I'm just taking a shit by myself. <laughs> I would love to just have a shit without my daughter coming to the door going, Dad. And I'm like, bro, I, I hear you. And uh, it's, I used to get angry at people before I had a kid because I was like, you've just got no appreciation for like, the, the capacity that you have to change your mindset. And I'm like, yeah, that's sort of true. But I also feel like what's true is it's like a, str- it's a struggle. Like me and Jesse, I feel, argue more than we ever have at the moment because, well, she's, she's 107 weeks pregnant. And also we've got a, we've got a two tweak old and I, I like, I'm not to throw the blame on her. I've been a, I've been a jerk as well. Cause I just don't handle conflict super well. I just turn into a whining bitch. Um, so I think just having like an awareness of the fact that, all right, like there is strain, there is tiredness and there is less time for you is, is the most helpful stuff that, that I've sort of taken away. But in saying all that, and this is what didn't make sense to me back in the day, would never ever swap it because it's the best thing I've ever done my whole life. Isn't it funny how those things that are, you know, the most frustrating, the most stressful are also the most rewarding. I feel like, and I wonder, and I wonder your thoughts on this, if, you know, as you mentioned, like those rituals have been lost over the generations and everything's become super instant, super convenient, super meet the immediate need and don't be uncomfortable for two seconds. Don't be bored for two seconds and the entire, you know, just the amount that this, thing here absorbs your attention and can keep you just locked in that you don't have two minutes to think to yourself as well as all the things that are going on and then you throw us at home for two years flat out so even any little routine and community that we had just got ripped out and i wonder how much of the bluster online is linked to people just being lost and confused and i'm not just talking Mm. spiritually i'm thinking routine i'm thinking community and that's one thing i've noticed moving out to basically a country town in hillsville is it is a community. I'm meeting Glenda from the candle shop two doors down and her husband, they're amazing. It's three decades older than me and we have great chats and they check in on each other like, hey, mate, have fun running a small business. It sucks dicks. And I'm like, wow, we just met. And you're, oh, thank you. And they're like, oh, and have fun with your landlord. We know here. And I'm like, this is, you know what? But this oh. is good. They're, like in, an, in their own way, they're, they're taking me under their wing and going, hey, we want to teach you. And I'm like, this is awesome. You don't get that you know, where we used to live, but I feel like, I don't know, do you feel like that's part of why people are like lashing out because they've lost that sense of, I don't know, not even direction, but self or help or what do you think it is? Yeah, it's such a good question. It's such a good question. I don't know. I think, um, I, I, I don't know if it's all elderly people, but I notice in general, like older people who are decades older than me seem to have more interest in people who are, like other people who are decades older than me. Like they I, I look at myself sometimes and I'm like, Tyson, what like your day just revolves around you uh, in, in a lot of senses. Like obviously I, I make time for little Charlie boy, but a lot of the time, like if a friend knocked at my door at 2 p.m. on a Thursday, my first reaction wouldn't be probably excitement. It'd be like, oh, I've got so much I want to get done. And now, I, and I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, man, what a, what a weird schedule to have where you've, like you're working for yourself, you're doing your own thing, but unfortunately you've put yourself on a, a like such a stringent or such a strict schedule that like one of your good mates is dropping by for a coffee is an interference rather than something to be celebrated and I don't know I feel like that's something I notice a lot in in people our age is is like a real sense of I don't know if you call it selfishness but there's and I'm sure it exists in so many other people but I, I notice I, my mum for example she's 64 and the idea of like a friend is stopping in on her, like, even if it was a slight inconvenience, I reckon she would get over it so quickly because she's like, well, this is, 
this is like part of life that should be celebrated. This is cool, spending time with friends, having a coffee, having a laugh. Um, yeah, I, I sometimes feel like I get, I get my priorities muddled up. But you held up your phone before, and that's one thing that I get my priorities muddled up with all the time. It's like, all right, I've, I've got a few jobs written down that I want to do today. Why am I watching Theo Von tell funny jokes on YouTube right now? This isn't this isn't part of the plan. Like it's, I don't know, how, how do you go with that kind of stuff? Because I know this is kind of, uh, we're, we're, we're dancing a few different fields here, but just thinking about distraction and thinking about interference, that's one thing that I, I often wrestle with is, and being a perfectionist with time in in a lot of things that I do, I probably overanalyze it. I'm like, don't yeah. cut myself enough slack just for going down a rabbit hole for 15 minutes or an hour. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the, the the phone distraction, the internet distraction, like there's just constantly something to offer you a dopamine hit if you could just find it. And and that's, that's kind of what I was alluding to before. I wonder how intertwined all these things are that we're touching on, and and, and all these anxieties isn't the right word, but all these I don't know points of contention in our world at the moment, and not to try and solve the world's problems by any stretch, but and I've noticed a difference in since building this business from scratch physically and then also in different areas building the socials for it um i haven't had time during the day to be plugged in and checking my google, google news feed and seeing what's going on in the world so you know when someone mentioned that some, a kid died at a roller coaster at royal melbourne show i'm like what i i didn't hear about that and they're like how have you not heard about that the queen i didn't hear about it for like a day after i'm like oh Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, purely because I've physically been removed from this because I've been physically way too busy to give it. But what I was getting to before is, you know, that, that thinking of being a perfectionist with time. I think because we are so easily distracted by this and we're kind of trying to problem solve, and I know I do this all the time, is I'm trying to problem solve five things at once and I do neither of them well because then this pops up and I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm such a sucker for the immediate and the urgent rather the important and not dealing with the important first, even if it means some of the urgent stuff. And then, because the fact is I need to solve, I don't want that to fall over, but by dealing with that immediate fire, I'm neglecting this one over here. I'm not processing that one fully. So it's not a fully processed thought. It's not a fully processed emotion or plan or anything. So everything kind of gets half baked and they're all kind of a bit shit. Yeah, as opposed to doing someone and then the perfection is like I didn't do that well enough I didn't do that one well enough because there's just there's so many things in our life that we're, we're trying to solve and trying to think how do I feel about Russia and Ukraine it's like I, I, my, my brain's full <laughs> yeah dude I've never done so much googling as I have the last couple of months I remember like all of a sudden now everyone's talking about the new Italian prime minister and everyone's got an oh. opinion on it and I'm like I don't I didn't know they had a new one I, I don't know the okay. And okay. all of a sudden, it's interesting. I always find it interesting how quickly the times change and you've got to be up to date with the newest thing. And we all know, like we all knew that until six months ago, I'd never heard anyone talk about the relationship between Russia and the Ukraine. I certainly had never really thought about it. And then all but of a geez, sudden... some experts it, came out firing straight away. Like real quick, real quick. And uh, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of blown my mind. And it's, it's not a surprise because you see it happen each year at the Australian Open, every armchair... <laughs> who's going to win and why i go mate you're 40 kilos overweight um i don't look i don't think you've ever picked up a tennis rack i don't know how you have an opinion on this but for whatever reason when it, and, and like the same is true for me but when it comes to politics i don't know it's weird how how we all feel as though how opinions valid and it's sort of nice to listen to everyone and then 
Like all I have to do is look back on opinions that I had six months ago and was like, oh, dude, like how did you say that with so much confidence? You are such a dumbass. And there's so many of those people that I come into contact with each day where in six months, like they might completely disagree with what they're saying right now. It's not like a, it's not an opinion that they've thought about for months or years. It's just something that, that maybe Google or ABC told them to think. 100%. I was saying to Kate just the other day, like the idea now, you know, I've now quit my job. Now I've got our own small business living in a country town. I'm like, am I allowed to say I don't care? <laughs> or is it more that, not that I don't care, it's I can't care. I don't have the capacity or the mental bandwidth to adequately care, understand, analyze, and articulate the all these different things. It's like when people talk about golf, like... And in, in my family, it's it's kind of a, a big deal. And I try. like I keep a real like surface level understanding, try and understand some of the courses and some of the tournaments and yes. what's going on in is it Abu Dhabi or the Emirates. Yeah. Uh, just, to clarify for everyone, just to clarify for everyone <laughs> listening, Brendan's brother-in-law is Aaron Baddeley. So that puts a little bit of context to the kind of golf. We're not talking about your local club level golfer. So that's a difficult route to navigate in that family particularly. <laughs> Like, oh, you're going to get into golf now? It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> the, 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 the talk about the bar of entry. It's like, nah. <laughs> Could you imagine him trying to go on a golf course with me, learning to play golf? What He's got a handicap of whatever. I'm like, that would be torture. That would be cruel. That would be that would be like me being an absolute like just trying to get off on the wrong foot. Like, yeah, can you drag me around a golf course, bro? Like. Oh. <laughs> It'd be torture to no, both of you. I would feel sorry for both of you. He just want to go out and have a good round of golf. You would just want like to I'm learn the ropes. Favor by not, exactly, but not getting into golf because I think it's just better for everyone. That's one thing I never. That's one thing I refuse to talk about in your extended family is golf and day trading because I'm out of my depth. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, dude, how do you go with that? Like, is it because I know Aaron's on his? Uh, he's in the latter part of his career, isn't he? Like, he's. Has, I don't follow the golf scene well, so I don't know if he's winning, if he's losing, if he's in, if he's out. Like, wh- what is he doing in his golf world at the moment? Because he, what was it? it? Was 1999? I think I remember sitting at my house in Western Australia. I was at my neighbor's house actually, and we were watching this young up and coming golfer win the was it the Australian Open? Is that what it's called? Yep. And I was like, yep. holy, like, so it's so, it's so crazy to watch that. Cause I was doing fist pumps going, oh my gosh, like this young kid just bloody beat Greg Norman. Like, who is this guy? Yeah. yeah. And then so funny that 16 years later, I'm good friends with his, uh, good friends with his family and just still trying to figure out how I can get that connection. I really just want to play golf. Oh, with there's, there's, there's some people that try, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can her last name's not badly anymore. And even last night at the bar, this guy's talking and it's, it, it's not cruel. It's actually, I think it was a little bit refreshing for her because she's having this conversation with this bloke. He's like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I run, I actually run, it sounds a bit weird, but I run like an, an indoor golf place, virtual golf. And also it was like, you know, a little, like, you know, not, he said golf pro. And whenever anybody says that, we're like, oh yeah. So what do you, do? Like, but they don't know. And, and it's not an arrogance thing. It's just like, it's just, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a weird thing. You don't think that you're speaking to Aaron Badley's sister. So then she's holding this conversation and she's just throwing stuff at him. And he's like, oh, Oh, but he's just thinking that she just knows. And he actually went, gee, you know quite a bit about golf. Do you play? She's like, nah. And he's like, that's, you really know. But he was so busy talking about himself. He didn't ask any questions more. That's... And she's, I'm like, did you tell him? She's like, nah. 
Oh, he's going to be a regular at our bar as well. So it's like, oh, I'm just going to tell him, babe. I'm just going to tell him, like, oh, you know, it's Aaron Bradley. She knows what she's talking about. See that? Like, that... Oh, no, because then I reckon the clinger factor, but the 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 because they've had people like Kate's had people in her life that have tried to come into their life and befriend them purely just to get to Aaron. And that's a weird world. Those sort of like celebrity worship people that kind of just build relationships to get to somebody else. It's gross. Yeah, bro. I haven't texted her since she changed her last name. I lost heaps of interest. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're doing this podcast now, right? Uh, Yeah, it's right. Is she she around? Any chance we could chat? (laughs) It's, It's very strange, man. That would be... I love the fact that she doesn't lead into conversations with that because I lead, like whenever I meet a golfer, I lead a conversation like that. Oh yeah. So, you know, Aaron Baddeley, I'm pretty good friends with his, uh, with his sisters. And uh, yeah. So you got any questions, you just yell out and I'll see if I can arrange something for you. It's percent. Uh, yeah, man. No, that's a, that's a nerve wracking world. And, uh, and I hundred percent dodge your question on like where his career is at. Cause I have no idea. I, where you I know that, that he held his PGA card for about 15 years, which is pretty long. Um, he made the cut at a pretty good tournament, at a really good tournament, sorry, um, a couple of weeks ago. I think he was in, like, top 30. Um, he putted amazing. Um, so I think there's there's still glimpses of the old Aaron, from what I've been told. Um, yeah. Amazing putter. Great thing. You know, really natural swing. So what's funny is watching his kids now. So he's got six kids, and they're all sports Has nuts. He six they're kids? all practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Go Go. He's committed to whatever he puts his mind to. It's that focus. It's that, I mean, and you'd understand this with, the, with some of the work that you do. It's just the mindset of people that are at that elite level. People think that they've got like a pretty good mindset. And then you meet someone like them that is just, it's just all in on this thing. And it's all that singular focus and detail. And it's always on their brain. Talk about being worrying about what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. They have no hard drive space for that shit because they are just singularly focused on being excellent at one thing, despite everything else. Um, mm. It's so impressive. I was listening to a guy last night, and I was uh, so I was driving back from Melbourne. It was about an hour and a half drive. It was Joe Rogan podcast. I think his name's maybe Dale Smith. Like a really good right. episode. Really good episode, his most recent one. Um, and I just clicked on it for something to listen to. And this guy is a comedian and a political commentator. And he just had his finger on the pulse of of everything but from my perspective I, I don't i don't have my finger on the pulse of many things but I, he had his finger on the pulse of everything in in sort of american and world politics from what i could tell and i was thinking man it's like it's pretty cool how you've just got your mind across all of these things and joe brings up a topic and you understand it and i'm like like apart from sounding cool I'm, i don't know and apart from just being an interest i don't know what the benefit of it is like maybe it is more effective to be a bloke like aaron and just narrow that bandwidth down to just been all right golf like let's just focus become let's become elite at golf because that that's a whole project that's a whole lifetime worth of work yeah 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 exactly like it's that sort of you know mile wide but millimeter thin the whole way through like i don't Mm. know that analogy but you know what i mean uh and i just wonder and it makes me think and especially now you know now that I don't have sort of the nine to five and i know i joked about you know don't start your own business keep the nine to five grind going um, it's only been 24 hours, but I can already feel like a weight lifted off my shoulder. The, the nine to five job side of things has just freed up so much space in my head to be able to think about things. And, and I kind of wonder, you know, if we have another conversation in months time, what that's going to be like. And maybe I am going to have a bit more 
capacity now to think about these things more because mm. there's not, you know, dealing with work problems. I don't how's, know. Um, how's it structured at the moment? Like what do your, apart from the intense lead up to opening the business, what do you envision your days looking like now? Like on a, I guess a, an average week, are you in there seven days or you got like Monday, Tuesday closed or what are you sort of, yeah. what are you sort of planning? So, yeah, I mean, it's been in flux from yesterday and this weekend is really going to be sort of our learning, you know, what opening hours are worthwhile. Sure. I could open at 12, um, but is the traffic flow and the, and this is the other thing now it's my own business, but I don't open like that's, that's my, that's my mortgage. That's, that's feeding my family. Like, you know, so there's this, you know, I think this instinct um, that I'm finding to just kind of just throw myself at it. And if I could, I'd be 24 hours, seven days a week just to, you know, be open earn the money for myself um, now that you know, I'm not earning money for somebody else. It's, it's, it's me and my family. So I kind of go, I want to do seven days a week, every hour. And then, you know, getting to bed at two o'clock in the morning, I'm like, maybe I open at like one instead of 12. <laughs> maybe we do Thursday to Sunday instead of Wednesday to Sunday. Cause I've got to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, it, it's in progress and I'm a, I'm a textbook idealist. I think oh, I'll be fine. Yeah, I'm 34. I don't have the energy of a 22 year old hospital worker anymore. Uh, my feet are sore. My back sore. My hands are sore. My I need to kind of get my uh, sea legs back under me doing you know 12, 14 hour shifts um, on your feet all day talking to people. But I love it. So ideally, um, Wednesday to Sunday, sort of 12 till 11 ish. Yeah, depending on the day. But they're long um, days. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, for sure it'll probably get condensed a little bit. And then routine wise, I'm really looking forward to the routine of being able to, obviously I'll be sleeping in. I'm going to be buzzing when you get home from work. I will be falling asleep at two o'clock most days now. So sort of like, you know, the comedy world life when you're gigging and getting out and it's like, by the time you get home, you're like, I'm not wound down yet. I'm still thinking my brain's going. And then, you know, so probably sleep in. We're super lucky. We've got state forest two minutes up the road. Dog loves it. So I really love going for sort of, you know, an hour bushwalk. Yeah. their dog can run around like a headless chook um i find that super just that's my meditation getting out in nature going for a walk even just chucking an audio book on or a podcast um i feel like that helps me decompress and think through the day get out of my own head um otherwise my brain's just constantly like i said before trying to problem solve 20 things at once and doing none of them properly yeah. um but being yeah, out I, in nature, I going to that work yeah i can kind of just it feels like the okay yep and I kind of prioritize them and put them in their place and go, I can't actually solve that one. Why have I spent the last however long of mental capacity trying to solve this thing that I actually can't control that? So just leave it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's so true. Don't waste it your energy like, on it. Sounds like you had a nice opening night. Like, did you say 70 to 80% full capacity? So, so, so 70 to 100% capacity from yeah. one o'clock till 11 ish. Um, Again, dealing with council to get our capacity increased because only 20 people. We had, you'd know this as an ex-teacher, we had 12 teachers walk in at five o'clock and all order whiskey flights, which is three different whiskeys each <laughs> and all different ones. And it was just like, oh, we need a party. Straight in. I had to get my first drunk person out yesterday already. She came in absolutely trolley. Ewan was working behind the bar. It's his second night ever in hospitality. He's like, I don't think I can serve it. I don't think I can serve it. I look over and she, I'll explain for those listening, she's slouching down. She's got the full leg spread going. 
She's got her jacket over oh, her yeah. head and she's at the door going, hey, you, will you drive me home? We're at the big four. Someone stole our bikes. I'm like, oh, oh come on. This is like six o'clock. Like, Sounds this like a lady like, I lost my virginity to. That's a joke. <laughs> I know Jesse's downstairs shaking her head going, baby, you can't say stuff like that. And I, I do it every time. Every time. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I said that. Dude, that's an, on. That's, sorry, an sorry, awkward, that's an awkward conversation, isn't it? I, but speaking of agreeableness and disagreeableness, like, I find that so awkward having to go up to a drunk lady. But I'm so sorry. But you just, your presence isn't worth my time. You're going to have to. She started go. making threats. I got more money than you'd make in your lifetime. Did you mention you were married to Aaron Baddeley's sister? <laughs> no, I just went, oh, yep. But hey, look, it is our first night ever. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just trying to like get this place. So I'm going to, you don't serve me. I'm going to leave you shit Google reviews. And I know people, I know people. I'm like, okay, uh, well, look, it is my first night here. It is my venue. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, my name's on the door. Mm-hmm. I own this place. And I, like it's my liquor license and my livelihood on the line. If she's like, oh, and then she started touching my face, honey, I didn't know. That's so good. Can you drive us home? Can you drive us home? I'm like, no, I don't actually don't have a car now. Sorry, I can't. Oh, like, oh, dealing with drunk people. It's going to be fun. Welcome to the party. How did Ewan find it? That's funny, man. Like, uh, so so for, for those of you listening, Ewan is a, he's got his, I think, PhD in the book of Revelation. Yep. Uh, yep. Last book of the Bible. So he's Dr. Ewan Lowe. He's Dr. Ewan Lowe. I've called him that since I first met him 12 years ago before he'd even started studying. He just had that vibe about him. But uh, he, uh, and that's not because he's Asian. That's because of the fact he was just an intelligent guy. <laughs> Genuinely <laughs> smartest person I know. Yeah, seriously, seriously. And I, I, I take that with full respect. I'm not offended by the fact that it's not me. Um, but he's, a, <laughs> he's an interesting guy. He's an interesting guy to have behind the bar. Like, how do you, how do you find night one? Or night, you said it was his second he already, night. He already, and, and Josh Godfrey was behind there as well, and, and they both absolutely killed it. They are already better than 99.99% of hospitality workers currently in Melbourne. <laughs> Absolutely crushed it. Because to be good at hospitality, if you could talk shit and like win people over, done. Pouring beer and pouring drinks, you can teach that stuff. But that, he, I think he absolutely loved it. He kind of went into that lecturer mode because everyone's like, so I'm new to whiskey. What do I do? He's like, oh, okay. And he took them on that journey and was like, this is going to taste like this. This is going to taste like that. Because again, he's a teacher. Like he, he loves that sort of imparting his knowledge to people in an unpretentious, no, I want you to drink better whiskey, da, 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 da. Absolutely crushed it. It was great. I'm like, ah, sweet. This is good. Yeah, far out, man. Now that's good. It's interesting that you say like you can feel uh, that pressure of the nine to five world just, just falling off and, and the interest in or, or the need to sort of um, – you know, have to stay up to date with all the latest trends. What I've found since doing my own thing is I find it easier to be way more honest about what I really think about a lot of things. Like, yeah, obviously, yep, 100%. When we worked at church together, like there was there was plenty of things that I had to bite my tongue about because I was like, all right, Tosh, you're a youth pastor. Uh, you can't really be, you can't really be saying that. Um, and same was true with teaching. It's like you've just you've constantly got someone breathing down your neck. I got, I remember just a few years ago, I got pulled into the principal's office as a teacher she was like, Tice, like I posted a photo of Jesse uh, on my computer and I said, um, I've just paid my wife off to do my admin for me. How about emails? And she's like, look, look, I, I get it. I know you're having fun. It's a little bit funny. 
we're at school, you're a teacher, you can't be doing that. I was like, oh, come on. Like, if you scroll a bit further down, there's a photo of my dog and my wife. It says me and my two bitches. You didn't have a problem with that one? <laughs> and now, I just love, I love the freedom that comes with that because one thing that's been doing my head in, bro, and I, I, I'm keen to okay. hear your thoughts about this. I'm actually keen to be educated on this is you mentioned it earlier, the world of virtue signaling at the moment. It is so easy at the moment to put yourself in the right camp, so to speak, without ever having to contribute an ounce of energy or time just by posting the right photo. Like, uh, or updating your, your, your profile picture. Like, anyway, yeah, sorry, classic, you go. Classic. Like there's, there's so many examples, whether it's uh, the ribbon to say, I'm vaccinated, you're welcome, whether it's the, the black square on your Instagram page, whether it's, um, you know, a rainbow flag back when we were uh, voting, voting for the, in the plebiscite back in like 2017. It just, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It's so easy for people to take some moral high ground without ever having to contribute an ounce of energy. And what I, what did my head in most, not, and it's weird that you have to even like give the context, not because I don't think Black Lives Matter, Obviously, like any reasonable person agrees with that. But the yeah. movement of Black Lives Matter where every AFL player had to take a knee before yeah. the start of an AFL game. I go, wait, what are we playing here? So I've got a theory and I want yeah. to run it by you because I think there should be a rule. And here's my rule. So it's about welcome to country. I messaged you about this the other day. Yeah. Every white guy is obsessed with this idea of a welcome to country at, at the moment. So so if you're, if you're not from Australia, you're not familiar with it, the idea where you just recognise the traditional owners of the land. Beautiful. Obviously, Australia's got an interesting history with the way that we came to be a nation. Um, yeah. Well, I can see how the tension arises, obviously. But the fact that we start every corporate meeting, the fact that we start every football game, the fact that we start podcasts is what's doing my head in. A podcast I really enjoy. I won't throw them under the bus because they're actually a great podcast. Um, but before each podcast now, they do a welcome to country where they say, okay, before we start, we'd like to recognise the traditional owners of this land, blah, blah, blah. I go, okay, I, I understand what you're doing. You feel guilty about your history, you feel guilty about your past, you're trying to make amends somehow. I reckon, though, it's too easy to do that. It's too easy just to say the words. Yep. There should be some requirement where if you do a welcome to country, that immediately signs you up to six weeks in the winter, volunteering in an Indigenous community, helping out with whether it's alcohol issues, domestic violence yep. issues, uh, whatever other issues. The idea of just saying words is too easy. We need it. We need to have some consequences for it because there's too many people taking that moral high ground of, hey, look what I said. And what did you do about it? No, nothing, but I care. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> people and get I angry. Think, yeah. Yeah, you go. No, no, I was just going to say, people get angry at me about asking these questions. But the truth is, I, I the idea of you going to volunteer in an Indigenous community because you care, it, it's admirable to me. I go, I go for it. The idea of you saying that you care about the traditional owners of the land and doing nothing about it is hypocritical to me. So I'm trying to get my head around that. And I, I'm sure there's, a, there's plenty of people that can explain it. But for me, I've struggled to understand. Well, and uh, not to take this too biblical, but and I'm butchering it. But there's something in the Bible about you know not doing your deeds in public for everyone to be seen. Mm -hmm. Do them in private. Don't preach about them. Don't don't do it and go look at me, look at me. It's it's more honourable to do the ones that you. That, that, it goes unnoticed. It's it's that like imagine if I did. I, I would want to like. It's just it's gross because I actually think it's selfish. That it's it's the same as your corporates doing Pride Month. It's it's a money grab. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people 
I guarantee genuinely care and they do genuinely care. But as you said, it's so easy to change a profile picture, to go, look at us, look at us. We're doing the right thing. Buy our product, buy our product. It's consumer driven, driven consumerism. And then I think we do it personally as well to get some sort of social credit from our, you know, and especially when you're in a bubble and everybody's doing it, I bet it's got to feel like a, almost like survival that I don't want to be in the firing line and not that you get canceled, but I don't want to be judged for doing the wrong thing. So it's all right. Here's the scenario. What are you on? Um, I'm on this one now. Okay, cool. But the one that really confused me is the um, women's football, not doing the minute silence for the queen. Mm. And, and, and I'm not having a go. I was just confused. I'm like, but the queen and everything. Yeah. Colonization. Shit. Real bad. It's done. I can't change it though. But also oh. women's football, we're celebrating women's achievement. And I love that women's football is starting to kick off pun intended. It's awesome. <laughs> the queen strong female leader for a shit ton of time. That's awesome. Wait, we're not going to, but you're also about, women's football and celebrating that and, and, and trying to promote that and get that on par with men all for it. This other woman that was a leader, we're not going to, because it we're, so which one are we picking now? And I feel oh. like we're continually, and I know John Peterson's talk about that. We're continually slicing down and slicing down and slicing down to what micro thing it's going to be. And I feel like at the end of the day, everybody's going to lose. And I think it's that subconscious knowledge that, that, at one point you're going to be the uh, how does he describe it the oppressor and the oppressed that at one point it's going to be you're going to be the oppressed and you want to be that so we're flipping it and celebrating every single oppressed person and thing and at some point you're going to be on the other side whether you like it or not and for me that 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 wnfl one um was one where i was just i was just confused i'm like i get both points but like is celebrating one saying that you're not appreciative and respectful of the other. And it's that having to choose, I think that stresses people out. And it's just like, uh, I think that's hard because, and the minute you set the precinct, we've got to celebrate each thing. It's like, there was a period there where like in the men's football, every single week was a round. It's indigenous round. It's pride round. It's this round. It's that round. There's not enough rounds in the season to do everything. Seriously, I'm still waiting for Christian round. Right, like, <laughs> do you know what? Uh, you know what the best part of the AFLW not doing a minute of silence for the Queen is? What? No one saw it. <laughs> you can't say that. That's a joke. <laughs> when you said it, I'm like, oh, here's a joke coming. This is good. This is good. Let's see how we go. No, oh no, like that. no, that's horrific. That's horrific. I got to be careful. Everybody. Yeah, you can't say that one in Brunswick. Oh man, you got to be careful as well because as a bloke who writes programs for for AFLW players, and uh, you got to be you got to be careful. I'm joking. It's just a, anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's such a good point, man. It's so interesting. It's like a I my favorite. Want to answer your question? Like. Yeah, it does. And my favorite example of this is uh, is BMW during Pride Month uh, last year in Australia. They had the BMW with the the rainbow flag up. Yeah. But then in Abu Dhabi, it was just the BMW oh. logo. Because it's like, oh, like, just, hey, work with the customers. Exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Because if they would, and again, it's doing the easy thing, not the needed thing. And if it was, if they were genuine about that, they would do it in Abu Dhabi and not give a flying F Mm -hmm. what that does to their brand because they were genuinely committed to the cause. And that's 100% the test of whether a corporation or an individual is, is serious about it, is do they do the hard thing? and the needed thing, 
not the easy thing that gets them the selfish. Cool. I got a little bit of social credit because I'm, you know, I did that. I updated my profile. I did the right thing. I'm safe now. Mm -hmm. I'm not the oppressor. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm an ally. It's like, come on works. What's the actual work? What are you actually doing about it? Because otherwise it's all just, it's, it's unfortunately hot air. Oh, it is. It infiltrates everywhere as well. Like I, I dropped Charlie off at Jake daycare this morning, and the late lovely, lovely lady. She uh, she must be must be in her sixties. Lisa <clears throat> dropped him off, and she uh, what was she saying? She's like, oh, Jesse must be juicing. I was like, yeah, in the next couple of weeks we'll have a baby. Um, she goes, oh, little boy, little girl. Go, it's going to be a little boy. She goes, oh, that's good. They'll they'll be you know a good age gap together. They'll be able to play the footy. Blah blah blah. I've got a boy and a girl. See, they can do a lot together. They can't do things like uh, get their makeup and stuff done. He goes, oh, she goes, I probably shouldn't say that, should I? Like, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't say that. Like, you can't really say that. And I go, Lise, it's fine. I know I'm on, I'm on your, you don't have to, I'm not offended. I'm not offended on anyone's behalf. I know what you're trying to say. You don't have to, I know it's 2022. And we have to be cautious with these kind of things. And I said to him, I said, I'm going to be very concerned if him and his brother want to go get their makeup done. <laughs> and she goes, uh, she's like, no, as long as they're healthy, Tice. It's as long as they're healthy. And I'm like, of course. I came home to Jesse and I, I sort of... Hey, you can't even say that anymore. Chris What's Pratt that? got in trouble for saying it. Chris Pratt got in trouble for saying he had a healthy baby. What, what do you mean? Who is Chris Pratt? Actor. The actor Chris Pratt, Guardians of the Galaxy, Terminal List. Actor's married to, married to Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Okay. And when they had a kid, he tweeted, birth of, I think it was a girl, healthy mum, healthy baby. And he got slaughtered because I think his with his first marriage, one of his kids wasn't 100% healthy. People, he's having a jab at his ex-wife. He can't, Is he saying that like unhealthy babies that like people with a disability aren't like respected and love, like and like he's he's um, ableist by that and it just blew up. And I was just like, oh my gosh, are you saying that like being happy that your kid's healthy is saying is therefore implying that you're what? What parent would not want their child to be healthy? What is wrong with that? But then you get crucified for saying that. What? It's so strong. This is what I wonder as well. Like how how many people are actually firing up about that? Because I, I rarely meet someone who agrees with that. Like I wonder how much of these is just purely that clickbait title where yep. newspapers, they understand that a title like that is going to get our attention. It does because – I was listening to, a, 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 I think it was Andrew Huberman, a, neuro, yep. is he a neuroscientist, I'm not a neurologist. I don't know. He, he speaks about your brain <laughs> on a regular basis and uh, at Stanford Medical School. And he was saying that our, our favorite form, our favorite mindset, our favorite state to being is mild irritation, um, mm. which was a surprise to me because I always just would have thought it was happy, content. He goes, no, based on uh, a people's choice of article, it's mild irritation is, is what they lean towards. And Things like that are like mildly irritating. And I often wonder, because I'm like, I know a lot of people who would see that situation like me and you and go, what the hell? Like, no one cares about that. But both the people who do care and the people who don't care click on that article because they're like, ah, what's this? It's, yeah, it's it's strange. It's strange just knowing what people believe and what's just trying to sell a newspaper. It's confusing. Anyway, what do we do? <laughs> Sorry, do I cut do? you off before, mid-thought. Oh, no, I'm glad you cut me off. I, I ramble. That's the one thing I'm trying to fix on this podcast is... Just say, I get how are you going on. having guests again? Oh, <laughs> Mate, I love what you've been doing. Like I, my, I tip my non-existent hat to you. There, I've got so much mad respect that you're able to week in, week out. I pushed it out months ago. 
I'm like, I can't do two things at once. I'm just going to build this business. The podcast can, sorry guys, it can go get stuff. Um, and you're just so drawn, man. It's impressive. How do you do it? Thanks, bro. Well, I think for me, the good thing is I, I have a couple of hours where I focus on my running business each day. It's really not a lot of maintenance in terms of um, like I've got a few athletes that I work with. I've got programs that I write. Um, there's emails that I respond to. But I could I, I think if I dedicate two and a half or two and a half hours each day to my relaxed running world, that's more than enough. And that's what pays the bills. And two, but two and a half hours, it leaves like a whole heap of space free in the day. And that's what I love. Like my, my goal is just to have, I, I want the money to be able to uh, support my, my projects. And it's a, the classic price of entry conversation just to, to reference your old pod, or your podcast name. Um, for me, like having the money so I can invest in like creative projects. And for me, in, in my mindset, this is a creative project. It's just an outlet. Yeah. I love talking to people yeah. like you. I, lo- I love the conversation and I love, I love working at, what I think I love working out what's funny. I love working out what's not as, as we've seen through some of the comments. So apparently, um, yeah, so it's, it's not even, it's not even inspiring really, because it's just something I love. I like, I look forward to doing, um, but I can imagine if it's, you know, if you, if you, you got, got your, pro, your hands full with opening a freaking fully fledged whiskey bar, it could be, it'd be hard to try and maintain a podcast on top of that, that as well. I get it. But dude, I was, um, as soon as I saw your, I think it was an Instagram photo or something that you posted, say, all right, it's been purchased, we're ready to go. And I know you said a lot of people have said this. I was like, oh, he's just, he's just, he's, he knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Oh, and because you'd sort of flirted with the idea of, um, I remember you saying ages ago, like you'd flirted with the idea of starting a YouTube channel where, I think it was you, where you were looking at different beers or, um, like the the alcohol scene that people scene event organization i was like oh could you get a better you know combination of skills that a bloke needs to be good at <laughs> than Brenda? Yeah. so it's uh it's crazy man you just feel like you've despite the hard work just landed on your feet yeah no absolutely and it's going to be more hard work but i mean the conversation came about i mean it's always been kicking around my head you know doing my own thing having a bar but i think just the combination of opportunity from um being in a financial position to be able to take the risk um being able to have the right space to take the opportunity and not forcing it and oh wait you're in the middle of nowhere like a bad area even if it's a good idea it's not going to work it's going to work practically and i think also a combination of experience having worked as a sales rep in the yarra valley for the last 18 months i've seen a number of businesses do really well with people that have all due respect zero experience <laughs> and they're making it up as they go along openly um, and they're still successful. And I'm like, wait, 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 I've got the experience and the knowledge of that. And I know how to run a venue. I know how to hold a crowd and, you know, 20 people capacity is nothing when compared to when you're used to hosting events, you know, 1500 people like um, and managing teams of however many, it's like yeah, a small bar with three people. Yeah, that's doable. Like, yeah. Um, and getting to that point. So, and then this shop came up. Um, the week after I was sitting down with a, with a mate and Kate and, and his wife as well. And, you know, conversation came up around, you know, say you won the lottery tomorrow, but you still needed a job to just keep you occupied, keep your hands busy and something that you just really love. What would that be? And I'm like, you know what? Just a small little bar on main street would be my jam. That'd be great. And the next week this place popped up for lease opposite Hillsville hotel, middle of main street, ton of foot traffic five minutes from home right size right location oh shit 
done. So just jumped in with both feet, uh, went down to part-time. That job, that was, a mis- that, that was a mistake. That was motivated by wanting that financial safety net. Um, but the, the talk about price of entry, the, the, <laughs> the strain to do a part-time job and build your own bar physically from scratch um, when you got supply. Both, both, I thought naively that I could keep one as sort of just, yeah, this one will be Monday, Tuesday. Like, like you, because I know you love like everything being in your hour. You do this part, this part of your life here, you do this part of your life here. And I naively thought that I could do that with a, a job that I've been doing it for 18 months. It's never been locked in. I have customers calling on a Saturday morning at eight o'clock because I got a problem. Like, so it didn't end up being just locked into Monday, Tuesday, doing the old job. Um, and then do the bar the rest of the time. It was both simultaneously at full capacity, and it killed me. Like there, there was moments where I was like genuinely about to cry in the corner and just go, "Stuff, I can't do this. I'm broken." Dude, <laughs> then threw my so... back out, got a sinus infection that was bad. Like, and it's just like, oh, I should have just instead of going for the financial safety and liking that part time coming through. I should have gone, no, 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 if I actually want to do this well, like we said earlier, not trying to do both things at once and just that singular focus. Um, but that's right. That's all hindsight's 2020. It's all done now. We got here. Dude. Yeah, that's so we'll crazy. That's so good, man. All your experience from the block came up handy. <laughs> Somebody mentioned that the other day as well. I'm like, oh, let's not talk about it. It's too oh. short. <laughs> Was it? I don't remember the. Uh, I don't remember the details. But uh, what you were, it, it didn't last long on the block. We did one episode with the old ex, and um, we were kicked off. First oh. round. Yes, yeah, so we did the one. That's when they used to do. Like basically, you're up against another couple. You do one room, twenty four oh, hours. That's right. Then, yeah. Yeah. What year was that? 2013? 12, I reckon. 2012. I was 22. That's so crazy, man. Lifetime ago. I was a child. <laughs> it's weird. I look at 22-year-olds now and think the same thing. I'm like, how? Like, and, and, but when you're 22, and mind you, I had someone say to me the other day, how old are you? I said 35. They go, oh, you're a baby. I was like, but I'm not. I'm 35. So it's funny how it's funny how. And when I was just... a kid, that was like, you, you, you're basically retirement. Seriously, if I ever saw a forehead like this when I was a kid, I go, what is, what's going, like this? I honestly remember I was grandpa? at a surf shop. Yeah, I was at a surf shop. It's called Brother Brother Nielsen in Western Australia. And I used to always say to my mum, when the guy like lifts his eyebrows, his, his forehead goes wrinkly. And I was like, oh, thank God I don't have that. And then every time I look surprised now, I'm like, oh, no, you're that bloke. And I think he was 21, 22. <laughs> Here we are. Anyway, bro, I'm um, I'm pumped. To, I'm really pumped to, to eventually. It's going to be a little while, I think, because uh, obviously new little man coming into the world next week. But as soon as I can get down so there, I'm, I'm going to be down there, man. It's going to be uh, I can't wait to see it. I can't. So it's fully decked out. Like it's it's done in terms of uh, decor and stuff. Where you're still so the, pottering so, away. So the main front bar is done. So I managed to source railway sleepers from Hillsville Station. Um, so they're 135 year old sleepers from when it was first built back in yeah. uh, 1880s. Awesome. Um, got like a wall made of this uh, cladding that's uh, charred timber, so it's not painted black. It's actually naturally black because they run it through like a giant pizza oven. Sick. I went. I went over the top. So that area is done. Um, footpath trading, working on that with council. Um, beer gun is to be constructed out the back, and then like a private dining space um, in the middle of the venue. Um, that used to be the kitchen. I'm going to turn that into a bit of a space where it's bookable, but also I want to put a little bit of infrastructure in there to be able to do video conferencing and podcasts. So like a mini podcast studio as well. Mm. 
That's so it's a great little space, can deck it out. And what's the That's playlist? Great. What's the music of choice? Sort of blues. just that. Yeah, good. Pink blues, yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Oh, dude. All that sort of just oh, in dude. the background. Great. Love it. Oh, Had fun yeah. putting a playlist together. It's good. Oh, that is awesome. That's Gary so Clark good. Gary Clark Jr., man. all that sort of stuff. Man, I don't drink much, but it's one thing that just encourages me to, you know, turn to alcohol. <laughs> the blues. <laughs> the blues. All right, brother, dude. It's uh, it's been it's been long overdue, but thanks for uh, thanks for making the time in what's been a crazy twenty four uh, hours for you. We'll do it again. It. All right, brother. Absolutely. I'll see you later. See you, yeah. everybody. Bye.